Shalom, dearest brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to this week's episode of Midweek with the Saints. Today, before we dive right into the life and teachings of the saint of the day or rather of the week, I would like to ask all of you who are watching, be it on YouTube or Spotify, watching or listening on YouTube or Spotify, please click the subscribe or follow buttons respectively. And friends, if you feel that this podcast is good, I ask that you share this podcast links via on YouTube or Spotify links. Share it with your family, your friends, and those whom you believe can benefit from this podcast. So friends, today we take a look at the life of St. Catherine of Siena. Friends, St. Catherine of Siena was canonized in the year 1461. She was declared the first female doctor of the church in 1970 and she was declared the patron saint of all of Europe in 1999 by Pope St. John Paul II. So friends, for all of you watching from Europe, may Catherine of Siena intercede for you. And for all of us watching from the different continents, we join Catherine of Siena in praying for revival in Europe. Friends, Catherine of Siena is one of my personal favorite saints. Her feast day is celebrated on my birthday. And I of the firm belief that your patron saint chooses you long before you choose your patron saint. In my case, I didn't really have a choice. I was born on her feast day. But Catherine Siena is one of the saints that has walked with me throughout these years that I love dearly. Friends, Catherine of Siena experienced mystical experiences with Jesus from a very young age. She saw vision, visions of Jesus, of Mother Mary and of the heavens from a very young age. So by the time she reached the marriageable age, by the time she hit puberty, she had already made a firm decision in her heart that she would want to remain pure and a virgin for the rest of her life because she wanted to betroth herself. She wanted to get married to Jesus, her eternal bridegroom and her eternal husband. Friends, when she reached the marriageable age of 12, of between 12 to 14, uh, her parents wanted her to get married and they were really obsessed with the idea of her getting married. They tried to matchmake her, but before matchmaking her, they wanted her to appear attractive. They wanted her to dress well, to speak well, etc. But friends, Catherine of Siena knew all of this was going on and she just resisted because she just wanted to remain pure and a virgin for Jesus. She did not want to get involved with any man. But friends, Catherine of Siena's mother, she knew that Catherine would listen to her sister more than she would listen to her own mother, that is herself. And Catherine's mother went over to Bonaventura, Catherine of Siena's eldest sister, and asked her, can you go and speak to your youngest sister? By the way, Catherine of Siena comes from a family with 25 siblings, with herself being number 24. So Bonaventura went over to Catherine and convinced her to dress well, etc., so that she could appear attractive before men. And Catherine of Siena wanted to do this out of obedience because she was very fond of her sister Bonaventura. But friends, in time to come, she realized that this decision of hers was a manifestation that she, of this uh, internal disposition, of this decision in her heart that she loved her sister more than she loved her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friends, all the while, she never listened to her parents because it was clear-cut she loved Jesus more. But when it came to her sister, she fell into that subtle trap because she loved her sister very much. Friends, when she realized this, Catherine of Siena beeped. She felt remorse for her sin, for her sin of putting someone else ahead of her relationship with Jesus. 
for loving someone else more than she even loved Jesus. Giving more attention to someone else than Jesus. And she felt immense remorse in her heart. She ran to her spiritual director and shared this with her spiritual director. And her spiritual director, to an extent, kind of discounted that, that act as a sin and said, it's okay, it's okay. And Catherine of Siena kind of rebuked the uh, spiritual director in an indirect sense by saying, Oh Lord God, what kind of spiritual father have you given me that he even discounts my sin? Friends, she really felt sorrow for the sin against the Lord in putting the love for her sister ahead of the love for her Lord. Friends, my first point is this. A sense of shame for sin. A sense of sorrow for sin. Do we feel a sense of shame whenever we fall into the pit of sin? Do we really cry our hearts out like Catherine of Siena did? Do we really feel bad when we wrong the lover of our souls, the eternal lover of our souls? Catherine of Siena sets the example of proper penance, of proper repentance. And we run to the confession, and we run to our spiritual directors to just share ways in which we have fallen. Because we have wronged the one who loves us the most. Friends, 10 years ago in the year 2010, I was speaking to this friend of mine and he said this, something very profound, which at that point of time I did not understand. He said, the greatest loss of this generation is the loss of a sense of shame for sin. Friends, that is so true. And I'm only realizing in hindsight that we have lost the sense of shame for sin. We've lost the sense of sin. We don't feel shame when we commit sin. Friends, let's follow the footsteps of Catherine of Siena. Let us rediscover the sense of shame that has become numb in our lives so that we can truly practice repentance in our lives and run back to Jesus who awaits for us with open arms. Friends, Catherine of Siena, coming back to the story, after she realized that she had put the love for her sister ahead of the Lord, she repented and she went back to the decision of not wanting to appear attractive to men because this would hinder her process of spiritual growth. So friends, Catherine Sena put Jesus at the top of her list once again. Interestingly, friends, she decided to cut off her hair so that she would appear even less attractive. And when she cut off her hair, her parents were upset, especially her mother. And because her mother was upset, we see this in our households, because her mother was upset, the father was upset. And because the father was upset, her brothers and sisters were upset. Friends, they started to persecute her openly. They started to put her down and condemn her. They felt that she was doing this out of youthful rebellion instead of actually doing this out of piety, out of a sense of intimacy with Jesus. Friends, they took away even her room. She took away her room so that she cannot spend too much time in prayer with the Lord Jesus Christ. But friends, the interesting thing is this. Catherine of Siena, after having her own physical room taken away, responded to the promptings of the Holy Spirit to create an awareness of this room that already exists in her heart and mind because she is the temple of the Holy Spirit. To make this room in her heart and mind where she can encounter Jesus anytime, anywhere. Friends, Catherine Siena says that the physical room that she had, she had to eventually leave it to do other things. But this room that she made in her mind and her heart from the prompting of the Holy Spirit, inspired from the prompting of the Holy Spirit, meant that when she had that encounter in intimacy with Jesus, she never had to leave that space. 
So whatever chores she was doing at home, whatever conversations she was partaking in, in her mind and in her heart, she was so united to Jesus in the room of her heart and mind that was dedicated to prayer, her relationship with Jesus. Friends, God allowed Catherine's parents to take away her physical room so that Catherine would come to a place where she would find the room for prayer in her own mind and heart. Friends, we know the scripture, Romans 8.28. He makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. Friends, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 313, uh, we read once again uh, a citation of Romans 8.28. We know that in everything, God works for good for those who love him. The Catechism goes on saying, the constant witness of the saints confirms this truth. And the first saint that the Catechism cites here is guess who? Catherine of Siena, who says that everything comes from love. All is ordained for the salvation of man and God does nothing without this goal in mind. Everything comes from love. All is done for the salvation of man and God does nothing without this in mind. Friends, God allowed her parents to take away the physical room so that she would discover this inner room in her mind and heart. We are living in these pandemic times throughout these last months. At different points of time, we've experienced lockdowns, movement control orders, circuit breakers, whatever you call it in your region. And we have been prohibited from attending church services physically. The physical church has been taken away. But friends, right now, Jesus invites us, just as he invited Catherine Siena, to find him in the room in our hearts. We are made in the image of likeness and likeness of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We can encounter Jesus in the heart of hearts, in our minds. And friends, we can find the church in our homes throughout this time. Let us make our homes holy. Let us make our homes churchy. Catherine Siena invites us and sets the example for us. Do not be discouraged and disheartened that physical church is taken away. Just as she wasn't discouraged when her physical room was taken away. But let us search for the room in our hearts and in our lives to encounter Jesus in every situation throughout the busyness and hecticness of our lives. Versus Christ, this pandemic times, many of you are working from home and there is a very blurry line between work and um, family time and leisure, etc. But in the busyness, in this process of finding out and also juggling your time, etc., let us just seek Jesus in the midst of all of this, in our hearts and in our minds. Friends, the next and last thing that I would like to share is this. Catherine of Siena had this preaching ministry. So she proceeded from being a contemplative uh, Dominican to being one who went out to preach, as Jesus put in her heart. Friends, the interesting thing is this. And when she went to preach, she had to bring along four or five priests with her. Because once she was done preaching, the group of people that, are li- that were listening to her would all run to confession. And there was this one account of her preaching to thousands of people and the thousands of them all lined up for confession, friends. So friends, we're coming back to this point of a sense of shame for sin. Do we have that sense of shame for sin? Friends, my question here is not whether we can find a preacher as bold, as uh, zealous and enthusiastic as St. Catherine of Siena that when we hear them preach, we're going to run the confession. 
No, friends, my question is, are you open enough to listen to the word of God when the pre priest is preaching on the pulpit, when you're listening to a podcast, when you're listening to this podcast, are you open enough to kind of examine yourself to see if you are falling in any of these areas that are being preached about? Oh, friends, have you fallen into the trap of self-righteousness that whatever the priest is preaching, whatever the lay preacher is saying, whatever the podcaster is saying, it applies to everyone else except for me. You know, whatever rebuke or warning that exists in that speech or that preaching, it applies to my family members, my friends, it applies to my church members, my ministry members, but it doesn't apply to me. I know that they are falling in these areas, but I'm doing quite well. Because the sense of self-righteousness is very bad. That is a clear sense of pride. Today, my encouragement to all of you and even to myself is to be open. Whenever someone is preaching the word of God to us, be it on the pulpit or be it in daily conversations, may we be open for God to shine light in the areas of our lives that are in darkness so that we can repent and so that we can run back to the Lord who once again, I say, say what with zeal and enthusiasm and with conviction waits for us with open arms. So, best sisters in Christ, let us turn to the intercessions of Catherine of Siena as we pray right now. Dear St. Catherine of Siena, pray and intercede for us to rediscover this sense of shame for sin. That we may really repent and have a sense of remorse whenever we wrong the lower of our souls, our soul Jesus. Dear Catherine of Siena, pray and intercede for us that we may suffer well. That we may suffer well with that conviction and trust and hope in Jesus that He is making all things work together for our good. That even though in the current situation, in this pandemic times, we cannot see how God is making things work together for our good, let us trust that in the future, in time to come, in that point of time, in hindsight, we will see that God was truly making all things work together for our good. That Jesus was molding and shaping us to become more like Him. Pray in the seed for us, dear saint. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, just thank you once again for joining us today uh, for this podcast. We are so blessed by all of you who join us, who journey with us. Once again, let's ask that you share this link with all those that you come across. You know, let others be blessed by this podcast, by the lives of the saints, and by the life of Jesus Christ above all. Friends, I just want to give a huge shout out today once again to Amanda Lee from City on the Hill Co for this beautiful illustration of St. Catherine of Siena. Um, this detailed illustration that is just wonderful, beautiful beyond description here. Friends, please go and support her ministry, support her online shop. All the links are in the description below. Until then, stay tuned. God bless.